Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, talk about it. I think I've got a very important lesson today. If you're a parent, something very important for you to learn and understand. If you're not a parent, or if you're a child, of course we all are that, no matter what your age, something that you may, something that will help you quite a bit, guarantee your prosperity. This is a very important lesson we have today, and it comes from a story that happened on campus yesterday that happens quite often, to be honest. This is not unusual for me to uh, encounter someone in the LGBT community who has a story of victimhood in their family. I hear quite often people ask me, Tom, if one of your kids turned out to be gay, what would you do? Of course, they hope and expect I would say I would hate him, kick him out of the house, and want nothing to do with them. That's not what I would do, by the way. But uh, it led into this conversation. One girl spoke up and said, my pastor father hates me, told me he hates me because I'm bisexual. And he kicked me out of the house and wants nothing to do with me again. She told me this story. And of course, you know, the crowd was sympathetic with her. She's that this is kind of the ultimate victimhood. Not only has the church hated her, her pastor father, her father is a pastor, so not only is she rejected by her family, but rejected by the church. There's something in our culture right now that to be a victim of the church, a victim of your family, a victim of authority in your family, is kind of seen as a badge of honor. You're special. You're heroic. You're a martyr for the cause. And so many people were uh, kind of applauding her. And as we talked, I, what would you do here? Well, I did something that I occasionally do, not too often. I asked, do you have a cell phone? She said, yes. I said, could you get your dad on the phone? I'd like to talk to him. Well, she kind of grinned back down a little bit and told me she had deleted his number and blocked him. He can't call her, and his number's deleted. Hmm. That began to put some thoughts in my mind right away. If he was the one who rejected her, why was... She blocking him so he could not call her. Maybe there's a little bit more to this story than, than she was telling us, which of course is why I wanted to call her. She asked, why do you want to call him? Why do you want to call him? And I said, well, two things. Number one, I want to verify that the story is as you tell me. Everyone's case seems right until another comes to examine it. Let an accusation be confirmed by two witnesses, not just one. But secondly, I said, if in fact he did say and do what you said he did, and your story is right and there's no other side to it, I think I'd like to admonish him that he needs to love you. He needs to be with you. He needs to help you work through this. Well, of course, she had no interest in that, no interest in me talking to him, no interest in any reconciliation, no interest in, in, uh, in, in even hearing from him as she said she blocked his number. So I asked her a question. I said, why do you think he got angry at you? And you know, it's interesting. I, she said, well, just because I'm gay, because I want to do what I want to do. It's so interesting how young people think. So interesting how old people think. So interesting how we all think. It's so difficult to see the other person's point of view. I said, do you think it's possible your father is deeply disappointed in you? Here he was, a pastor. He, you're probably excited at your birth, had hopes, aspirations for what you would turn out, how, what type of person you would be, that you would be a, a, a godly woman, a Christian woman, 
that you would you would carry on the values that they tried to instill in you, and here you were rejecting them because of your sexuality. You were choosing a sexual uh, a sexual lifestyle that they that that was the rejection of everything they taught you. Is it possible that his anger he was simply disappointed and responded that way, and maybe tried to call back and reconcile, and you would have nothing to do with it? Well. It's probably, by the way, why she had to block him. She had no interest in reconciliation. There's no doubt she was hurt. No doubt that she was, that, that there's a deep pain. And indeed, one of the deep sadnesses in our country today is all the broken families. And so many families that are broken over political things. So many families that are broken over over sexuality. So many families, it's almost, a, again, in our education system, in our culture, to re, to stand against your parents, to reject what they teach you to reject their religion, reject their values. That's a sign you're intelligent and woke. And so there's a there, there's obviously a lot of hurt and pain in this family on all sides because you people want to be loved by their family no matter what they say. They want to be loved there. And a lot of the a lot of what goes on, a lot of the anger is because of a broken family. Well, I asked her one thing led to another, and I raised the question <clears throat> That you dad, your dad has done this, and you you think he's wrong and disappoints on. But I had a question. But she wouldn't then contend she's a Christian. She's living with a guy, but she's bisexual, so may end up being lesbian someday. And she's living in sexual immorality now and claims to be a Christian. And so I asked her a simple question. I said, "Do you believe you have honored your father?" Let's look at what the Bible says is one of the big Ten Commandments. This is the original Big Ten, the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be prolonged on the land which the Lord your God gives you. That's a commandment. That's the fifth commandment. That's right up there, right before you shall not commit murder. It's not. It's right after you're not taking uh, having idols and false gods and taking God's name in vain and on, dishonoring his day. It's right up there as one of the Big Ten. Have you honored your father. You've dishonored him here publicly. You've spoken to him as like he's a monster. You've, your, your words, but how about when you were personally with him, when you came out, when you told him these things, did you honor your father? Well, of course, her response was to defend herself. Well, look how he treated me. Of course, I didn't honor him. Look how he treated me. He's a, you know, filled with bad language to describe him, further dishonoring her father. I asked the students, there's quite a crowd gathered this time. I asked the students, would you raise your hand if your parents were perfect? And of course, not a single hand went up. My parents weren't perfect. Your parents weren't perfect. If you are, you are a parent, you weren't perfect. There's never been a perfect parent. And yet the Bible says we should honor our father and mother. And it has a promise that if we do, if we honor our father and mother, it will go well with us. Our days will be prolonged. This is a parent message now. And well, anyway, we spoke to the, the, I spoke for about 20 minutes on this subject of honoring parents. Believe it or not, you could hear a pin drop. Lots of times people are talking back, they're disagreeing. It was silent. It was the it, people who were just listening. There was a conviction of the Holy Spirit. It struck me, something very, very important. Young people do not, they've not been taught to honor their parents. They're not taught in the school anymore. They don't see it in the movies anymore. 
They're taught to be independent, think for themselves, decide for themselves, make up their own mind, have their own values, do their own thing. And scripture, though, one of the great commandments of scripture, great promises, honor your parents that it may go well with you. Parents, question, how are your children or your grandchildren going to learn to honor you? Answer, you've got to teach it to them. It doesn't happen naturally. What happens naturally is just the opposite, to be rebellious. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. They're not going to honor you naturally. And they're not going to learn it in school anymore. They're not going to learn it from others anymore. And so how are our children going to learn to honor us? We must teach them. There's a great problem in the church today of young people turning away from the faith. Young people not believing, the young people being seduced away into unbelief, secularism, skepticism. Could part of the reason be that we have allowed our children to, dis, to dishonor us, to dishonor our faith, dishonor our religion? Could part of the problem be that when, when, that we never taught them? And it's easy to not teach them because it can seem like it's pride. It can seem like to expect to be honored and obeyed is that pride. And obviously, when they don't, our own fleshly feelings of anger can enter in. The causes, instead of disciplining them for their good and teaching them to be onerous for their good, instead, we might do it because we feel offended and we get angry, and our discipline actually repels them rather than teaches them what's right. Folks, this is a this is one of the great promises in the Bible. One of the great promises, it's reiterated in Ephesians 6, honor your father and mother, obey your parents. This is the first commandment with a promise. God promises to bless the person who honors their parents. Were their parents deserving of honor? Maybe they'd done things they didn't deserve it. Does it mean that we give them, that we always do everything they say? You know, we're an adult and we always do everything the same. Maybe not. We have to make our own decisions, but we never dishonor. We show them respect. And this is one of the most, if you want your children to prosper in life, if you want your children to get ahead, most of us think I want to send them to college, get them through college, and they'll turn out fine. Well, we know better than that. We know a lot of times we send them to college, they turn out terrible. They turn out horrible. They turn out with a terrible value system and a terrible lifestyle. The promise in scripture, if you want your children to turn out well, Teach them to honor you. They won't learn it naturally. It doesn't come naturally. Require it. Expect it. If you have not taught them this and they're grown now, it may be worth you confessing to them and say, you know what? I think I failed you by not teaching you to honor me the way you should because I love you. God gave you to us. We were the ones who brought you into the world. No one has loved you like we do. There's no college professor out there who loves you like we do. There's no professor out there who cares about you like we do. There's no skeptic out there. There's no boy out there. There's no one else out there who loves you like we do. And we loved you, but we should have taught you how to honor us. That's what God commanded. And perhaps we did not do a good job of that, but we apologize. And we want to tell you now that if you learn how to honor us, God promises you Success, prosperity, a long life, a happy, a satisfied, fulfilled life. This is what God says. And so parents, this is on us. 
Culture's not going to do it for you. Others aren't going to do it for you. It's not natural. It's not inbred. It's got to be taught. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord is giving you. We want to be also, just if I could quickly add, we want to help people realize if there's conflict in a family, if there's conflict in a family, and this is what I told this girl, I said, listen, you get your part right first. She's waiting for her dad to come apologize. He's probably waiting for her. My advice, you do what God wants you to do and trust God to deal with the other person. This is a basic law of relationships. We can't change another person. We can only change ourselves. Somehow I found that when we change ourselves, when we get in alignment with God, when we, when we submit to God, when we obey God, when we do what God wants us to do, somehow God gets to work on that other person and what they need to do. So, amen. Let's pray for this. Father, I pray today for the many, many millions of broken families here in our land and around the world. And Father, this commandment, this commandment of God that you gave us, honor your father and mother. This is a ten, one of the Ten Commandments. It's not optional. It's one of the laws of life. People who, ought, who, who know this and who do it, you bless them. People who don't, Lord, there's, they're on their own. There's curses come. There's, there's lack of peace. There's anger, hatred. There's, they get on the wrong path. Father, we confess, some of us, Lord, we confess we've not taught our own children to honor us as you would want them to. And I pray, Father, for every mother, father, every grandparent here, help us to not be tricked by the evil one into thinking it's pride to expect that we be honored. This is your law. This is the way you created the world to be. This does not come from us. We may may feel like we are benefited by it, but we didn't make this up. This comes from you. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to teach this to our children and our children's children, that it might go well with them. Forgive us for how we failed to. And Lord, I thank you. It's never too late. Let us do our part in communication, in love, in repentance, that we might have children who are blessed of the Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, hey, you know, boy, it's kind of a heavy message, huh? It really is. If you come here regularly, we come here every day to get in the Word of God. I hope to inspire you, encourage you, help you be a more faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Lots of times our messages are very uplifting and positive. Sometimes they're kind of challenging and convicting. I think today's in the challenging and convicting realm. Because I think all of us as parents, maybe we've fallen short. And that's why I say if you're a uh, son or daughter, make sure no matter what your age, no matter what your age, speak well of your parents. Even if they've passed away, you can continue to honor them. If you're in your teens, honor your parents. It'll bless you. You'll be glad you did. Honor them. It's a blessing of God. If you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, how can you be honoring your parents? All of us need to do it. And this can be somewhat convicting because, well, all of God's commandments lead us in a way and it's easy to not want to follow them. Anyway, so glad to have you along. If you're new today, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I hope you join us regularly. Go ahead and subscribe to the video. Leave a comment. Introduce yourself. And uh, I read the comments, and I'm always glad to know who's here. And share this with your friends. If you're regular here, you know I love you. Make sure you're telling others. Who do you know who could hear this message today? Probably the whole country could. 
Maybe you know someone who could benefit from it. And if so, share it with them. So until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with grace, because he gives you the power to do what we need to do. Amen. God bless you. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.